T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Morang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number three, Danny and Dusty with you. Uh, thank you for being a part of our day and letting us be a part of yours. If you missed any of the show, check it out. Les Schwab Tires Podcast, 1080thefan.com. Um, we are one week away, Danny, from the first college football playoff rankings being unveiled uh, by Ooh. the committee. Still got only four teams um, that we're working with here. But at the same time, there is a, a little glimmer of hope because – the Pac-12 is actually playing good football this year. They're not that bad. We're not that bad. The only problem is that there's a lot of really good football being played ahead of us. I, I don't know. And usually we do have a little bit, like there's a big cluster of teams still at this point in the year. But to think of it in these terms, you have got two SEC teams that are still undefeated. Um, in in all likelihood will be undefeated for the first college football playoff rankings unveiling, and they are Georgia and Tennessee. They will play the following weekend. So the prior to the second playoff rankings, Georgia and Tennessee uh, will play. You've got two Big Ten teams in Ohio State and Michigan, kind of same as last year, on, or except for Ohio State had a loss already last mm-hmm. year to Oregon. Um, but you have two Big Ten teams that are undefeated at this point. You've got Clemson in the ACC, which is escaped from their scare that they had against Wake Forest um, and now have a top 10 win under their belt. They're undefeated. You have an undefeated Big 12 team in TCU that is kind of the darlings now. You have Sonny Dykes in his hypno-toed sweatshirt, which is Awesome. (laughs) But TCU is still undefeated. And then you have the Pac-12, which, dare I say, is getting national respect because Oregon, USC, UCLA, and Utah are all good this year. It is a weird place. I want to say the math has been at around this time, there's roughly five undefeated teams left. And they're still above that. 
but you're getting a lot of the late season matchups that are going to make the mm-hmm. undefeateds just kind of disappear. Uh, obviously, the Pac-12 doesn't have any left uh, as Oregon uh, didn't uh, didn't upset UCLA. They were favored. So Oregon drops UCLA. Now you've got three one-loss teams in the, in the conference, yep. and you're what happens over the next three weeks, whether it's USC or UCLA, uh, whoever comes out of that game will, will likely, honestly, that's what it really comes down to is the winner of that game, if everything holds chalk, will play Oregon. And yeah, there's going to be there's going to be carnage across the rankings, and I look, I'm I'm not even going to lob any guesses as to how Oregon is going to finish out the season because you have two rivalry games still remaining. Mm-hmm. You have a game against Utah still remaining that Utah has been a thorn in the side of Oregon, but this has been a year of Oregon kind of exercising demons. You go up to Pullman, you get a win in Pullman. You go to Tucson, you get a win in Tucson. You wear pink uniforms, you get a win in pink uniforms, which is something they haven't been able to do. It's kind of been kind of that exhale since that beatdown against Georgia. But as Oregon continues to play better and play well, they're going to be getting a lot more credit. And they're going to be getting from the pundits around the country. It's already starting. I I still think that the taste of the Georgia loss is going to be hard to get out of the powers that bees mouth that is that is 49 to 3 that is not a good look but there is an element that in college football you can get better and one of the prominent voices in all of college football actually this week on his show the joel clatt show said hey Maybe we should take a longer look at Oregon. I'm much more apt to, to, to give Oregon the benefit of the doubt because of the development that we've seen and, and the, the nature in which that first game had to play out, right? Like, this is a team that I will absolutely, if they are able to win the Pac-12, will argue that they should be in the college football playoff. How about that? Oh. And think of this is one. There's a couple things at play here. Oregon has has 100%. We've talked about this that they have gotten better over the course of the year. But we made we made a long conversation about this as it was happening. The Pac-12's non-conference schedule they took care of business, and as a whole, the conference didn't just puke all over themselves outside of <laughs> Oregon in that game against Georgia. You had and I don't care if Wisconsin is down this year. Washington State went over there and they won. Yeah, I don't I don't you care know? about Wisconsin being down, Michigan State being down, any of that. No. You look at their non-conference schedules, the, the Beavers, well, you know, what's going to happen with Boise State? What's going to happen with Fresno State? Well, let's, let's go revisit all the storylines before, you know, without the benefit of hindsight. The Pac-12 went in and handled business across the first three weeks of the season. Was the Pac-12 going? No, we're here. We're good. And not having as many of those embarrassing losses, like losing to San Diego State on Mm -hmm. the road. You know, you had Arizona and Stanford handle their end of the bargain in the in those situations. But I also think there's another thing here that 
it's it's something that we have these perceptions of, of conferences, and the Pac-12 is actually getting their perception back. Historically, this has been a quarterback conference, and it's been an offensive-minded conference. And now when people look at the Pac-12, you're looking at Caleb Williams playing at such a high level at USC at the quarterback position. Michael Penix at UW is still putting up ridiculous numbers, even though they can't stop anybody. Bo Nix, in, in on a national stage, was flawless and played an incredible game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has had a couple of Heisman moments. Cam Rising in that game where when Utah came storming back, it was because of the quarterback play of Cam Rising. Cameron Ward at Washington State is playing really high level of football still and is one of the top 25 quarterbacks in, in, in the land. I think that that says a lot about the perception of of the Pac-12 conference. It's not just the teams are taking care of their business, but the eye test when you turn on a Pac-12 game now, it tells you that these are well-coached teams and there's there's a high level of quarterback play. And for that last handful of years, that really hasn't been the case as a whole. You've had a guy that has played at a high level, but it hasn't been a stack of quarterbacks that you can say, hey, at least these teams have been tested. And I think we're seeing that now. And this is where the conference is going to be getting that benefit of the doubt from whether it's the college football playoff committee or just a national perception. Take a look at the NFL over the last five years and find me Pac-12 quarterbacks. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers has been around for a really long time. But Herbert's the only guy. Mm. Herbert's the only guy that has come out of this conference that is worth a damn in the NFL, which gives you an idea of just how many college kind of game managers that they've had. I mean, USC has churned out, you know, the Sanchez's, Barkley's, uh, Darnold's of the world. It's the same quarterback. It's, it's, not, it's not, I mean, they're NFL guys, but they're just, they're very normal dudes. But you're looking at this, at what they have right now in the Pac-12, like, is DTR an NFL guy? I don't know. People seem to think that he's, he's growing. Caleb Williams has looked at as next year probably the number one overall pick. Bo Nix has developed himself into probably a third or fourth day. Yeah, but in college, I don't think you have to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, Tim Tebow is a great example of that. You don't have to be the NFL quarterback to to put up the funny numbers. But can you? It, with the Pac-12, it's been a problem with even being good in college. Yeah, that's, that's Again, that, that's probably <laughs> the, the, the bigger point here is that they haven't even really been great on the college level. But my, my overarching point is when you get the higher-end quarterback talent, like Penix is putting up funny numbers. They haven't had mm-hmm. somebody putting up funny numbers. Jane Delora is putting up funny numbers for a, a redemption tour kind of at Arizona. Uh, Bo Nix has been fantastic. Cam Ward's only a sophomore. Like you, you look at what is happening around the Pac-12 right now, and yes, defense is still optional for a lot of times, but their their ability to get things done behind very good college and even NFL-level quarterback. Like Tanner McKee, even though Stanford sucks, and they suck, Tanner McKee is still looked at as an NFL guy. Yeah, And that's the very, very interesting thing about where the Pac-12 currently sits is that the top-end talent is better than it has been for years, particularly at that position, and you're seeing it also reflected in the trenches. And that, to me, those are the two biggest indicators of where this, this conference is right now, is that they're better under center and they're better in the center. Yeah, and that is that is a great point on the offensive lines, too, because, you know, the quarterback play, and if you go down the list, you got 
I mean, you mentioned Herbert, who's playing at a high level. Then you have the low level of Jared Goff, Davis Mills, mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota, and then Aaron Rodgers. Those are those are your Pac-12 quarterbacks starting, I believe, um, in, in the NFL right now. Wee! It's not great, Bob. No. Not great, Bob. Um, but in the trenches, that is where Pac-12, when it was at its best and when this conference is at its best, too, it's not just quarterback play. You, you start turning out a lot of linemen as well. And that's been very underrated aspect of the Pac-12. It's not in the volume by any stretch of the imagination as, you know, the SEC. But they turn out really good offensive linemen, too, uh, out of the Pac-12 when this conference is getting that credibility. And, hey, we're going to find out uh, what the top four in college football playoff committee is going to look like here one week from today. And it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough ask because you got Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, uh, TCU, all undefeated. Bama is a one-loss team in there as well. What does that top four look like? If you were to, if you were the committee right now, what would your top four look like? Because I don't think mine looks like the AP or coaches top twenty-five. I because I think you would have, if you're looking at quality of wins. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think you have Georgia in there. Mm-hmm. I think you have Tennessee in there uh-huh. because both of them have beaten you know, Oregon and in Alabama respectively mm-hmm. up to this point. I think that you could throw Michigan in there mm-hmm. because they have they have a win over Penn State. Okay. And then you're looking at all right, Ohio State, Clemson, TCU are undefeateds. Alabama is a one loss, and that one loss is to Tennessee on the road. But who has the best wins out of those? And you could argue right now it's TCU. On the road, they beat number 19 Kansas, and this is the big thing. It's not what the human polls say. It's what is the college football playoff committee's top 25 wins. How many of Mm. those wins do they have? But, But they won against Oklahoma when they were ranked in the AP. They won at Kansas when they were ranked in the AP. But their last two wins are against Oklahoma State and Kansas State, which will be ranked pretty dang high Yeah, in the college football playoff rankings. So I would probably be have the most quality wins in football. If it's TCU. And because Clemson has a win over Wake Forest and they have a win over NC State and Syracuse. You're looking at Ohio State could be as far down as 6th maybe even seventh, because they don't have a great win, period. Mm. Interesting. Have you seen Ohio State's schedule and their best win? They beat Notre Dame, Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Iowa. Yeah, We'll find out how real they are if they take on Penn State this weekend. That's right. And that'll be a fun one, and it could boost their resume tremendously. Or crush them, um, like I hope. <laughs> If, if if they can pull off a win there. Uh, 503-250-1080. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Okay, we were talking about the college football playoff going to have their top four released coming up here in a week from today. But Sports Illustrated did something pretty cool, man. They mocked out what it would look like for a 12-team expanded playoff if it were to start today. Now, there's a little bit. There's some qualifiers here. They went based off of what the criteria will be. So. The college football playoff model, when they move to 12 uh, teams, they will be in a 12-team playoff. You're going to have four teams with the bye. And then the other eight teams are going to have to play uh, your head-to-head. So what's going to happen is the four teams that get byes are the four highest-ranked conference champions. So that is where this whole thing would kind of start. And so because of that, because Tennessee has the best win in the SEC uh, with that win over Alabama, just based on the fact that they haven't played Georgia yet, and they obviously would because they're in the same division, they gave Tennessee the one seed out of the SEC. This is how the other four buys shook out. One seed is Tennessee. The two seed is Clemson. Interesting. Based on the criteria. The three seed is Ohio State. Not sure what the criteria said there, but if they're forecasting to what a potential four-team college football playoff may look like, um, one thing the playoff does is they look at analytics and metrics. And I don't know if you followed along with Ohio State, but their offense, uh, Warren Sharp, Sharp Football, from an analytics standpoint, Ohio State's offense is one of the best offenses in college football's history. <laughs> they I, are that explosive <clears throat> and that efficient. I know. I still don't buy it. <laughs> I just I, okay. I, I, I know listen, I, I am a numbers guy, I'm an analytics guy. I get these bugs every now and then. Where there's just something in me that's just intrinsic. I'm like, no, I don't trust that. I don't trust what that says. And, yeah. I, and I don't know why. And it doesn't happen all the time. They are filthy. But there is something about this Ohio State team that I just do not trust. If they, if they go out and they just absolutely 
massacre Penn State. I mean, yeah. which is well within the realm of possibilities because I think that team is very overrated as well. But it'll go a long way for me going, nah, I'm just an idiot. Which, I mean, there's, there's, there's always a strong case for I'm just an idiot. But there's just something about that team. I, I know that something is. That something is C.J. Stroud. I just don't trust him. Really? I just don't. No. They're, they're, I, I sit there and I watch him. I go, okay, that was nice. But there's just something here that Marvin Harrison Jr., Smith and Jigba, like, is this a case of you just have Alabama quarterback syndrome? The whole idea of you just have significantly better dudes at every position. Are you really that guy? And I just, there's something about Stroud. I just look at him and I look at the guy you replaced. I look at, I look at Justin Fields and I go, nope, don't trust you. But that is the difference between a college quarterback and an NFL quarterback. You know, like the system in college, like, you know, Dwayne Haskins did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Cardale Jones, the, if you run that system you put up and you numbers. run it really well, you do not have to be an NFL caliber quarterback. And I look at the, what they did against Iowa this past week, and Iowa cannot score. Their offense is setting football back decades, decades centuries. But Iowa had only given up 59 points all season long. They gave up 54 to Ohio State. <laughs> Their offense is humming. So uh, SI in this projection has Ohio State 3. TCU would be the 4 seed. And their run that they've been on over the last four weeks, they've been incredible. Like uh, TCU, they earn it, man. They have taken care of the schedule in front of them. They broke Oklahoma's football program. And Oklahoma has not been the same. They broke Kansas and literally broke their quarterback. And Kansas has not been the same. TCU has played like they're the real deal. Where they, This is where the rest of it shakes out. And this would be the fun part. Because of the fact that Georgia would not be a conference champ, they would be the five seed in this, in this scenario. One of, the te- one of these three teams, Tennessee, Georgia, or Alabama is going to be an at-large bid. Think of that for a 12-team playoff. Well, not just like they'll be fine. I'm just looking at a team like TCU who did everything right, yep. and they're looking at this. What the hell? We have Georgia in our bracket. <laughs> like, ooh, we get a home game. Oh, thanks. Like, but like it's just the structure of that seems um, wildly unfair. <laughs> but th- this is the great part about the 12 team playoff because all right so Georgia they get 12 seed Tulane which would be the, the the highest ranked group of 5 champion go green wave let's go um but they you'd have Georgia playing Tulane at the University of Georgia in Athens which would be very cool cuz that's a, that's regional as well it's not that far of a, a trip from New Orleans to Athens that they could get to you'd have a good representation of 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 Tulane fans at Georgia, and they would get a chance to be in a playoff game. That'd be awesome. Another one of these um, round of eight games would be, I want to call it a quarterfinal, but it's not a quarterfinal, Um, is Michigan hosting USC as the 11 seed. I mean, in the big house. My goodness. That's that's a fun one. I mean, I, I, I looked at these like, theoretical matchups and that was the first thing i mean for obvious reasons but seeing that matchup two classic 
Rose Bowl participant, just and doing it at the big house. Or, With a chance to go and play Ohio State in the sem- in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't think that the Big Ten is salivating at the idea of these national iconic brands meeting in a 12-team play- pay- uh, playoff, that's the thing is the Big Ten and the SEC are like, we can get more teams in and we can we can put our, our big brands on TV more? Wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait. wait. We can put Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia all in here, and the Big Ten is going to look at this and go, we can put USC, Ohio State, and Michigan out here? I mean, you have mm-hmm. you have six of the biggest brands in football. And then well, you, that, that that's, would be that's the, the interesting part. You would have to break this whole thing up even more, though, because this that, that whole little region, you couldn't rank those teams the same way with they're all in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. This is all assuming that it's a Pac-12 Pac team. But – that is also a pretty big drop uh, between 11 USC and number 12 Tulane. <laughs> as a Certainly a difference there uh, yeah. for quality of opponent. But and again, this this puts your this puts you in a in a, a bit of a predicament where uh, teams eight, nine, ten, eleven. I mean, if you're not a conference champion, you get bumped down because Georgia's you know, whoever the SEC at large is or whoever that at large is, you could, I mean, Oklahoma State's a good team. USC's a good Mm -hmm. team. Wake Forest's a good team. Oregon's a good team. Like, those are teams that could send send you sideways. Well, and these are the other matchups is the seven seed in Tuscaloosa with a chance to go play Clemson would be Alabama hosting Oklahoma State. That would be a fun game. I think Alabama would crush them. Uh, but it would be a fun game mm-hmm. to see Mike Gundy have to go down to Tuscaloosa and play a game. And then in the 8-9 <laughs> matchup, you would have what they're assuming is a Pac-12 champion in Oregon uh, hosting Wake Forest, which is a rematch of what would that be, the 2004 Emerald Nuts Bowl up in Ooh. Seattle, where I think Oregon got slapped around by Wake Forest. That's the only other time that I can remember those two teams ever playing against each other. But Autzen Stadium would be hosting a game between Oregon and Wake Forest in the college football playoff if the 12-team playoff like were to start today. And that is, that's the exciting part. And the winner would then go on to take on Tennessee. And that, uh, that would be awesome to see. And um, the six Bulls in the quarterfinals – with or six games in the quarterfinals, so Oregon, Georgia, Alabama, and Michigan would all be hosting the first round in the when the twelve team playoff eventually does start, whether that's twenty twenty four or twenty twenty six. But then after that, they would Oregon would go if they win, they would go and play Tennessee at a neutral site in a bowl game, and Alabama would meet Clemson, and Michigan would beat Ohio. State. Ohio State if they were to win and Georgia would go to meet TCU if they were to win at neutral site bowl games and then you get to the semifinals where you're talking Rose Bowls, Cotton Bowls, Orange Bowls, Sugar Bowls and then the eventual championship game on the rotating basis. Yeah, Georgia would be at a neutral site bowl game at something like the Peach Bowl. (laughs) That's how this that's how Playing this would TCU go. in Atlanta being like, hey, just the way the cookie that's crumbles. Not, I don't know what way, to tell you. I, I just, just, that's the way the bracket went. I can't help you. And that may be the the one thing that I hope happens and comes out of it is they do not do what you just said. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to play, if the Peach Bowl's in it, 
that should be the game where that's Michigan the potential of Alabama Clemson. Yeah, you know where it's not a glaring regional bias there. You know if, but that's what makes it really hard, and that's why it's so important that you know SoFi Stadium in LA or uh, the you know, the Raiders Stadium in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They get in the rotations on these along with the Rose Bowl, obviously. Um, so there is more West Coast representation, so the teams aren't getting railroaded. And the closest stadium that they play in is Denver, uh, not Denver, Dallas, um, outside of LA. You had one stadium in the Rose Bowl, you got to get one of those other places in the, oh, excuse me, uh, the Fiesta Bowl down in Arizona, too. If you can get Las Vegas and two bowls in LA, and then you have the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona. That is at least quality representation for the the West Coast schools to where it's more of a level playing field than having to go to Atlanta, to New Orleans, to Dallas to play these games. Got to get something closer. Just spread around. Spread the love. Can we stop uh, parking the SEC teams against literally anyone else in the SEC backyard? That's That's all I ask. They, they, they already travel. Like, we know the SEC travels. Put them in California. Like, just, you know what? Hell, screw them. Put them somewhere in the cold. Uh, I love it. Then those games, like, I'm already getting excited just thinking about those games that we could see in a 12-team Oh, those first-round matchups are tremendous. I They're mean, great. other than Georgia Tulane. Like, listen, I get the, the you know, Power 5 at large, but. That seems like uh, inserting Tulane directly into Georgia's mouth. That, that seems a little unfair. Whoa. <laughs> All right, 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, nothing to see here. Nothing at all. We're just going to ignore it. Oh. Danny and Dusty. is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. This is how we do it. It's Friday night and I feel all right. A couple of NFL housekeeping notes to get to. Uh, the NFL has concluded its investigation into, or the, uh, the official association has concluded its investigation into um, an official that it really did look like two officials ran down Mike Evans after the Buccaneers lost to the Carolina Panthers 21-3 to this weekend and asked Mike Evans for an autograph in the tunnel, which is not a good look. No, even if it does probably happen more often than uh, we care to talk about. Okay, and it does happen. It does. It happens way more often than I think people understand. Or Where, where do people think that memorabilia no. comes from? They aren't buying it. But there's a way that you do it, Which is, kind of back-channel these things. Yes, you don't hand it to the player directly. Yeah, you go to the director of football operations and you say, hey, uh, can I get this sign for my kid or my neighbor or an auction or whatever? And usually they'll they'll, they'll do, do it, it. for yeah. an official or for anybody, really. Um, but it was a bad look as Mike Evans was running through the tunnel. The officials had just come off the field, and they hand him a piece of paper, and he writes something down on it. All we got from the NFL Officials Association was a statement that <laughs> basically just said, 
Uh, we've talked to the in- individuals involved. We've confirmed that the post-game interaction between Jeff Lamberth, Trip Sutter, great name, Trip and Mike Evans name. did not involve a request by the game officials for an autograph. Both Lambert and Sutter have been reminded the importance of avoiding even the appearance of impropriety when interacting with players, coaches, and club staff on game day, including during the pregame and postgame periods. To which everybody was like, great, that's a really awesome statement that you made, officials. Ron Burgundy, I don't believe you. We now have a plausible explanation. Do you believe this one? Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, says that both Mike Evans and Jeff Lamberth, the official in question, are Texas A&M grads. Lamberth was getting Mike Evans' phone number to pass it along to a golf pro to give Mike Evans lessons. He didn't have a piece of paper, so he borrowed it from another official. The ridiculousness of this makes it sound very much exactly what happened. I think this is 100% plausible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Hey, man, let me catch you before you get out of here because I know you're going to get out of here. you got media obligations. Let me grab you real quick. Do-do-do-do. Go. I, 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 that they didn't, like, do it in the tunnel or, you know, out of sight of, of folks, I mean, oh, that's probably not great. But I, I genuinely, again, this is not a referee that has been, a, like, a new ref who doesn't know how this works. Like, if he wanted Mike Evans to sign something, he knows where to go. He knows who to go to. And if they went to the same university, he has other contacts at A&M that he can go through to make that happen. But if he's just trying to get something from him real quick of like, hey, let me get your number, man. I'll pass it on to Jimbo Bob. He can get you, you know, get your sticks lined up for you. I mean, that makes sense. That's the most relatable thing to Mike Evans I've ever had, besides the fact we both uh, played wide receiver, is the fact that if I had an opportunity to get golf lessons and had a, had an in with them to where I'm getting them for cheap, let's do this, man. Do you think Mike I want Evans... to improve my golf game? I want to get, get the handicap down. Exactly. Let's go. Do you think Mike Evans go, likes going out there and, and putting up snowmen? No. no. He doesn't want to go out there and be the guy at the Pro-Am who's the big six foot five athlete who should be a great golfer, and he's out there Charles Barkleying it. The, You're right. The, yes. The, That's why this all makes sense. Yes. Do we really think Mike Evans, though, needs help finding a golf pro to help him with his swing? No, but the the, the ref was probably doing his buddy a solid. Jeff Rust? Jeff Rust? Yes. You don't know the – do you golf? I try occasionally. Hey, you know the struggle is real then, buddy. Yeah, but you know – anything. If you know a guy, if you know a guy that can fix my swing, I'm going to him. I don't care. I don't I I don't care if he's a kook. I don't care if I have to swing those big rubber sticks around. Uh, look, we're going to go ahead. We're going to try everything out here. If it can get a shave a couple strokes off my game, I'm here to listen. Dude, he goes into the best golf course, country club, what have you in Tampa and says, "Hey, I'm Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans. I need a pro to help me with my swing." There's going to be about 10 guys running up to him. Well, maybe they sucked. And here's the thing. Maybe it's the best. Is here's here's the, maybe the it's kicker. Hank Haney. Golf is so weird and strange in this. Are we more willing to dismiss kookery for anything more than golf? Ooh. I need you to put your right foot in this bucket full of butter. I need you to put your left foot up on Mm -hmm. this six-inch block, Mm -hmm. and I need you to put this broom and tape it to your spine. Now, think about the worst day of your life and Mm -hmm. pause in the middle of your backswing. Okay. Does that work? I don't know, but that's the kind of crap that's like ends up coming. Like you watch some of these videos, and you're like, 
what the hell are they teaching here? There's like, if, if, if nothing else, it's, it's one of those, um, what are those, uh, giant mousetrap things called those contraptions? Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're called. Either. You know what I'm talking Where about? They, they have 27 yeah. steps in it. Yeah. And it, Where like the ball goes down the ramp and yeah. jumps over the all to start the toaster thing. Yeah. A Rube Goldberg device. There it is. That's that's what like I swear to God, ninety eight percent of these golf instructors end up doing, and it's it has nothing to do with your swing, and is more about it's more about clearing your head mentally. But absolutely, like that that's we we just outright dismiss it, and you know you you just got to find your right kook. Well, Mike Evans was trying to find it, and he got it via Jeff Lambert, the official, and it looked like things weren't on the up and up. But I, I'm here I to tell you, it happens, him. man. Do you believe him? I do. Yeah. I, that 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 is very believable. That he just wrote down his phone number and was like, "All right, I'm out." I think it, it could have been handled a, a lot different way. Like that was the only time that the officials ever going to see Mike Evans again. Like, hey, why don't you guys? Why don't you go and change your clothes? Go back to your locker room, and you can go to the locker room door of the Buccaneers and and say, "Hey." I, I need here's my phone number. Hand it to Mike Evans. Well, I'll hook him up with the golf instructor. You know, have him text me or something else. Go to the door and say, "Hey, Evans wanted wanted me to get his number on the official, so we can hook his hook him up with golf lessons." In the tunnel, as people are recording you run on and off the field, not a good look, man. <laughs> I love the NFL officials association though. Just going, yeah, nothing to see here. Look the other way. We're not going to give you any sort of information at all. Yeah, that's that's maybe a bit much. Maybe mm. maybe just tell them exactly what happened. Now he was trying to get his number for golf. Like that looks so much better and so much less incriminating. For sure. All right, 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, the Portland Trailblazers have done something they haven't done this century, and one team is finding they may be a cursed franchise. Danny and Dusty on the fan. <laughs> The fan. Blazers improved to four zero, but there was controversy last night. Damian Lillard's never been to the Oregon coast. What, what's wrong with Damian Lillard? Okay, so this. They, they do their pre-recorded stuff from media day yeah. where they sit down on the couch and they answer questions and they do bad lip reading with Brooke Olsendam and bad dad jokes with Lamar Hurd. This was a uh, this or this thing. And it was, the, the question was Multnomah Falls or Oregon Coast. And they'd gone through a couple already. And Dame did a hard pause and he kind of got an embarrassed, wry smile and goes, kind of embarrassed to admit this, I've never been to the Oregon coast in all my years here. My brother's been there, my cousin, my family, everybody else has wow. been there. I haven't been there. And uh, the shock and dismay that ran over Moda Center. And I was like... An audible gasp. Y'all, yeah. People are like, oh my God, Damian Lillard is fallible. And the, the thing about it was, uh, there's some people like, I wonder if he's ever been to the ocean. I'm like, he's from Oakland. Yeah. Even the Oakland. Ocean. Come on. Yeah, not only that, like... Even Oakland beaches. I mean, they're 
our beaten Oregon beaches. I mean, just, sorry, whoa. Oregon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, no. Whoa. Just saying. Let's not get crazy here. I, I'm just saying. You no. Know? Stop with that. Ice cold water. But and it, the rocks. fact that he hasn't gone to the Oregon coast is surprising because he is so entrenched in in the state and the community, and he is he's not a guy that I don't know. He, he lives here. You know, this is his home. Mm-hmm. It is it is a little weird that he hasn't taken that what hour and a half, maybe two hour drive to the Oregon coast from where he lives, even once. In all of his time here. He was drafted, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, but the flip side is, Damian Lillard can take an hour and a half flight and be in L.A. or literally any hour's flight and be on, like, you know, magnificently better beach. Like, you know, he he had a a week-long birthday bash in Mexico. But he did, he has been to Multnomah Falls. Which, again, that's a shorter trip. And also, I think they did something out there. I think the team did something out there one day. Well, right, but you go to the you know, you go to Multnomah Falls, and you stand there and you look at it for a second, and like, all right, I saw the falls. Let's go. And that's the thing is, I think the team up that damn hill all the way up, and then you look down and you go, "Well, that's a long walk." Look, it's it looks just as far down as it did up. (laughs) And you slipped and rolled your ankle seven times on the way up, or is that just me? God, it's it's always just a muddy mess on that path. Yeah, we need to get him out to the Oregon coast. But, hey, you know what? Let's not let that sully the Blazers 4-0 start. They're going to go 82-0 at a minimum 76-6. So um, that's where we're all thinking right now. You know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I mean, 82-0 is a little aggressive. So 76-6 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just an NBA record. I think that would be okay. I, I mean, I'd settle for that. Maybe tomorrow we're going to go through the schedule and pencil out where exactly those six losses fall in. Oh, that's a great idea. We'll go the remaining 78 games. Yeah. <laughs> I do love, though, man, that there are these sweeping generalizations of this season already. As like We, we know what's going to happen. Look, nothing in my mind has changed um, about what the season kind of looks like for the Blazers. I'm just thrilled that they have started as well as they have. They've stolen a couple wins. They dominated the Nuggets. And they, the thing I'm most excited about, they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch right now. That is something that regardless of, you know, barring again, knocking on all of the wood, regard, uh, barring injury, they will be fun to watch. At yeah. bare minimum, they will be fun to watch. And that is such a significant change from the past, I don't know, four years, five years. Meanwhile, in New Orleans, they're feeling as if they're cursed. Because Zion Williamson has been ruled out with that hip contusion that I've heard. Posterior hip contusion. He came down hard. I mean, that's a 275-pound man hitting the ground from three feet up in the air. It's not great. No, that's not great, but it's also right on track. He played three games and got hurt. Well, season's over. Shut him down. The good news is for the Pelicans fans, the Lakers suck so much that uh, the Pelicans could somehow, some way, end up with Victor Wimanyama. So, there you go. All right, that'll do it for us on a Tuesday. We will see you Wednesday from noon to 3. Up next, you got prime time with Isaac and Duke. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday from noon to 3 right here on 1080 The Fan. See you later, bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.